Well, 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 hello there. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and I've got an exciting show for you tonight. We're kind of wrapping up our series in ethics and sports. Um, we're also going to preview an event that's coming up this weekend. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's show some gratitude to our presenting sponsor, Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We're very grateful for all of the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Other sponsors that we're grateful for and handpicked, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So let's, uh, if you missed last week, we were in the middle of our ethics and sports series we've had panels of coaches we've had panels of athletic directors and last week we brought on officials we had mike denbo was here along with emory dilday and we presented some ethical scenarios for officials and asked them what they would do and they both did a tremendous job to no surprise these veteran officials um, have been uh, very professional contributors uh, to their sports, and we were very grateful for their time. If you want to listen to that episode, you can go to the website, coachesperspective.com, and listen to it under podcast, or you can go to Apple iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, or Helium Satellite Radio and listen to it under the podcast. All of those are located under a coach's perspective. All right, so let's get right to our first segment here. I want to introduce my guest, and in studio I have a longtime veteran coach, in the area, a lot of people will know his name because he's been around for a very long time, and we're very happy to have him here in the studio, and he is no stranger to the show. You've been on here before. Welcome, Todd Mercer. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it again. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, I always enjoy talking with you because you have such a great coach's brain. You think like a coach. You act like a coach. You are a coach in the to the core, and that's uh, one of the things I've always admired about you is not just with your teams and your programs, you have a very global view of the sport of basketball, and you love to grow the game through a lot of different entities. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, but I'm right. very appreciate, glad that you're here. Appreciate that very much. Thank you. Now that I bragged on you, don't, yeah. don't mess up. Don't mess up, right? <laughs> a little pressure. <laughs> there you go. And along with him, joining us all the way from the, the middle of the state, we're very happy to have with us Kent, Coach Kent Thomas. He's had experience in high school coaching, a lot of experience in college coaching, and he is also the business partner of Todd Mercer, which we will be asking you a little bit about that as well. Welcome to the show, Kent. Hey, Jenny. Thank you very much, Todd. What's up? Uh, hey, I'm excited to be here tonight. Yeah, uh, looking forward to this. Absolutely. Doing well. Thanks, Kent. Well, let's get right started. First of all, before we get to, before I put you all to the test, before your final exam, <laughs> that's a dirty word <laughs> this week go. with yeah, a lot right. of collegiate oh, no right. But before we get to some of the ethical scenarios and, and continue the series, I want to spend some time talking about an event that you all have coming up this weekend. Um, and, and bef- you know, it's a tri-lake shootout. But the Tri-Lakes, you hear that all the time. If you have been around basketball in the state of Missouri or really in the in the region, you've heard Tri-Lakes coaching clinic, Tri-Lakes shootouts, Tri-Lakes summer camps or leagues. They've had a lot of that. So, Todd Mercer, you started with the summer shootouts or summer right, leagues. Right. 
the Tri Lakes. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in this um, Tri Lakes conglomerate, shall I call it? Right, right. Yeah, we're <laughs> in our 22nd year. And when I was head basketball coach at Reed Spring, uh, uh, had a shootout, uh, like a team camp with Doug Arnold, who was the coach before me there. And it has grown so much over the last 22 years. We've got about 22 shootouts during the summer all over the state of Missouri. Uh, close to 800 teams participated. We've also branched out. We do a coaches clinic, which you actually spoke at here a few about a month and a half ago. Did a great job, so we appreciate that. We also have some uh, leagues, youth leagues, different things like that. So we're really busy. This is our first shootout during the season, and we're really excited about it. The, the lineup of teams, as we were talking about earlier, is just incredible. Uh, it's gonna there's gonna be some great games. So hopefully people get a chance to come out and watch some some great basketball Saturday down at Nixa. Well, and I want to talk about some of those teams that are in that, but I, I want to ask Kent. You know, Kent, tell me how you got involved in this. Uh, I'm going to call it the Tri Lakes conglomerate again. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love that name. Uh, <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I've I've known Todd for for a long time uh, in some coaching circles, and and we've competed against each other. And I don't know, probably three or four years ago, uh, I came on board as uh, as an owner with with Todd and and a couple others, and uh, we just really tried to build on what Todd created over 20 years ago. Uh, we love uh, what we're doing. Uh, you mentioned already, Jenny, our brand is out there. Folks uh, all across the state have uh, probably uh, attended or heard of one of our shootouts or our events. And uh, we're working hard to, uh, you know, one of our mission statements is grow the game, uh, also building champions. Uh, and we're excited to be able to do that and offer some some services and products to folks, including this Winter Showcase, which is of our inaugural uh, venture into this, kind of bringing it to the to the winter and matching up some great teams. But as Todd mentioned, this last year is one of our biggest years. We had uh, almost 800 teams participating in events all the way from down there in southwest Missouri, uh, all the way up to Keokuk, Iowa, and many places in between. And uh, we're always looking to uh, bring our product and offer our service to uh, young people in uh, the greatest game ever invented. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, one of the things I like about this is this event is put on by coaches for coaches. Yeah. You know, and it is put on, you know, you understand what coaches are going through and what players are trying to achieve and what they need to do in the off season. And so you have that mentality. And as coaches, you all are providing this opportunity and growing the game. And I think that's really special. Yeah, I'd, I'd piggyback with that statement. Yeah, all the all the the owners that are involved with Tri Lakes, people that we use to run our events, our coaches, we always are looking at it from that perspective. Of, and I think Todd can can back that up. This event we've got going, it was kind of easy to put together because you know we just called some coaches, said, "Hey, you want to play so and so?" and well, they jumped at the chance, and we we felt like we had some good matchups. I know we have some good matchups, and we're always thinking like a coach. And I think I think Todd would concur with that. Absolutely, yep. Well, let's talk about some of those matchups. That's a perfect segue into at Nixa High School. There's going to be a Tri Lake shootout this weekend. So tell us a little bit about the games and and who's going to be participating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our two thirty game uh, features two state ranked girls teams. We've got Blue Eye playing Tipton. And right now, Blue Eye is ranked ninth in Class Two, and Tipton is ranked fifth in Class Three. So that's going to be a great game, great day to get, great way to get our day started. Uh, two very good teams. We're looking forward to that. So that's the first game at two thirty. At four o'clock, we've got a uh, boys' game between Blair Oaks and Ozark. Blair Oaks, excuse me, is ranked second in Class Four. Uh, very good team. Ozark is not ranked. Probably should be. They're five and two. Both their losses, uh, one of their losses, a one point loss to uh, Bentonville, who's a state runner up in Arkansas last year. 
Uh, they lost to Liberty by eight, who was a state runner up in Class Six in Missouri to Kickapoo last year. Very nice club. Uh, so that's we look forward to that game. That's going to be a great matchup as well. Uh, at five thirty, uh, we've got Nixa versus Father Tolton. Nixa right now is ranked third in state in Class Six, uh, and Father Tolton is ranked as well. Uh, just a, a really exciting thing. Uh, then at seven thirty, I'm sorry, we've got yeah, we've got Catholic or at seven. I'm sorry, Catholic versus Fulton. Catholic is ranked fifth in Class Five. Fulton is not ranked, but they receive votes to be ranked, and they uh, they're seven and one right now. And then on top of that, we've got three JV games in the Ox Gym. You know, so so the boys teams will have JV games as well. An hour and a half preceding their varsity game, but yeah, we couldn't be more excited for the quality of teams we have. Uh, like I say, that's it's going to be some great matchups, and everybody's going to get to play somebody that they probably wouldn't be able to in, in under normal circumstances. So yeah, we're excited about it. Um, it's going to be a great event. Uh, great coaches, great teams, and we're expecting some really really great games out of it. Well, you know, and a lot of a common question that comes up during events like this, I just finished helping with the Norm Stewart Classic, right. and you know, you have all these different shootouts. How do you select the teams that are in the Tri Lake Shootout? You know, we the biggest thing for this event, we wanted to get teams that we know were successful last year. Obviously, had several players coming back, programs that have been successful throughout the years that are not just successful year in and year out, or, you know, one or two years, but year in and year out. You know, Jay Osborne's finishing his thirtieth year at Nixa, great program. Uh, like I say, he's got a really good club this year, as well as all these other teams. I mean, there, it's it's just some great, great basketball teams. And getting ready to be recognized by going into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Absolutely, right. and very well deserved. I'm really happy for him. Like I say, he's a good mentor, good friend, and, and he's done a great job at Nixon. And uh, like I say, there's there's just some really quality coaches and players for all these teams. And uh, it's just, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. We're, we're really blessed to have the, this quality of, of a schedule for the first event. Well, I want to ask. Well, think, oh, go ahead, Ken. Excuse me. Well, and I think I think with this matchup, when we talked about it, I think the concept was, let's see if we can find some Southwest teams that kind of fit that that bill, and then let's see if we can find some Mid Missouri teams. We wanted these these coaches to maybe because each of them, Todd, is one hundred percent right. Great programs, great coaches, but oftentimes, you know, before that late January, February hits, you like to maybe get a matchup against somebody you might not normally play. And and I think that's the case with each of these. So we've, we've got some really good mid-mo teams up here in the Jeff City area and bringing them down to southwest Missouri to play some really good teams. Yeah, totally agree, Coach. I do. I, I like that. I like the fact that they're getting to play some different teams. And, I mean, that's only going to expand your game when you can play teams that you're not normally seeing on, on a, you know, a weekly basis or, or hearing about on a weekly basis. It, it just expands. Um, it, it helps you. And at this time of year, I think it's really important because this is the time of year where you're looking and, and finding the chinks in your armor, if you will, and you're wanting mm-hmm. to make all those patches at this time so that you are going to be peaking during your conference season and during the playoff season. So, what a great opportunity. And I, I think uh, I want to go back a little bit to Jay Osborne because he is he's kind of a, a representative of a lot of the coaches that you have coming to this event. These aren't just um, these aren't just quality teams, but you have a lot of veteran and quality coaches that are running these programs. So why are they successful year in and year out? Um, just like Jay Osborne. I think one of the reasons he's very successful is because he runs his Nixa high school team like a small college program. He right, does. Right. He has a college mentality and he runs it like that program and when you have those kind of expectations year in and year out the kids step up the kids step up to meet that and i think that makes just a big difference uh, when you have that kind of of mentality which is sometimes hard to do at the high school level but he's pulled it off he definitely has and like i said i think this is as i mentioned his 30th year at nixon he does a great job with that program and and uh, not just in terms of wins and losses but his expectations for the players in the program i mean it's just a quality program and 
and I'm, I'm, you know, I helped down there, helped last year, and helping down there too, and just been really blessed with that because he's just an outstanding coach and the assistant. Coach. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to chime in real quick with, because I think this is a uh, a time in our. Uh, I don't want to wade into too deep a water here, Jenny. You can pull me back, but <laughs> I think it, I, I think it's a time where we've got a lot of coaches and teachers kind of under siege and i can promise you every one of these coaches i know just about every one of them personally they are high character uh high ethic uh hard-working coaches and it's not by accident their program has had success right i totally agree and that that is a wonderful way to put it and i appreciate you sharing that all right well we're going to take our first break we're going to come back we're going to continue to talk about this tri-league shootout uh, we'll remind you a little bit more about it throughout the show. Um, but then it is time, fellas. It is time. We're going to give you some scenarios, and I'm throwing you into our ethics and sports series. So we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will return. We'll have Todd Mercer and Kent Thomas. I'm Jenny Hopkins. We'll be right back on A Coach's Perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and with me tonight, Todd Mercer and Kent Thomas. That's right. Two amazing coaches are here with us. I'm very, very fortunate to have them here, and I'm also very fortunate to have Highland Dairy sponsoring this segment. They are owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies, professional dietitians, the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout, chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best-tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. All right, Coach Mercer, Coach Thomas, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about this event, and we'll touch on it throughout the show. Tri-Lakes event coming up, Nixa High School this Saturday. Tell us some of the logistics, like on tickets, on uh, times again, and Absolutely. where they can actually get the schedule and that right. information. Yeah, admission prices are $4 for adults and $2 for students uh, first grade through senior in high school. Uh, I'll run over the schedule real quick again, if that's all right. At 2.30 yeah. in the main gym, we've got a great girls matchup, Blue Eye versus Tipton, and that's at 2.30. At 4 o'clock, we've got a boys game, Blair Oaks versus Ozark. At 5.30, Nixa versus Father Tolton. And at 7, uh, I'm sorry, at 7, we've got Catholic versus Fulton. We've also got JV games going on in the Ox Gym, boys games, 2.30. We have Blair Oaks versus Ozark. At 4 o'clock, we've got Nixa versus Tolton. And at 5, 5.30, we've got Catholic versus Fulton. So, yeah, just a great, great uh, lineup of teams. Uh, the schedule can be found at www.trilakeshootout.com. Uh, it should be up uh, tonight or tomorrow at the latest. But, yeah, uh, just a, a great lineup of games. We're expecting a really nice crowd and some, some great basketball. It's going to be exciting. Nixa High School, the host, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I invite you all to, to step out of that. And we'll, try to, we'll revisit that throughout the show as well and give out that information. All right, but let's, let's go into some of these um, ethical scenarios. You know, I think it's really important for people to understand, and we've been talking about this the last few shows, about how important decision-making is in coaching. Um, there are decisions that you have to make um, in the moment. You have a nanosecond to think about. There are other decisions that you make, and you have to, um, you've got time to, to think about them. And some of the, you know, so this is a mix of those. Um, one of the, you know, we've had some, I'm going to talk about some that we have had before on the show and see how you all answer them. 
Um, but we've we've ha- I've had a lot of feedback from this, so I really appreciate everyone that has emailed in and sent me messages about um, some of these um, ethical situations. Uh, and I have gotten a lot about how you haven't really given any about handling bad attitudes and handling um, athletes with that. Well, that's just a general <laughs> ethical scenario. Right, right. Um, you know, we <laughs> could come up with so many of those. So let me ask you that first, and and I'll put Coach Thomas on on uh, on it first. Tell me this: um, when when a, when you have a player that doesn't buy in, that um, is sucking the energy out of all of the other players, if you will. Um, has that attitude that is very difficult, but they are skilled and they have potential and they could help your program. How do you help get them to jump on, on board? Well, that's a great question. I imagine it's something that, that is coaches are dealing with a common today, very uh, across the board, all levels. And I'm going to throw this word out. Sometimes it gets thrown out too much, but I, I think you have to start with, with your culture and uh, what you're going to stand for as a team. Um, and that scenario seems to always be with that kid that can't play, can't help you, right? Uh, you know, the, the bad attitude is never with the worst player on the team. And I think you have to make it clear to all the players on your team this is what we're going to stand for, and this is how we're going to do things. And and once you've established that, then the bad attitude, you hope, does not bubble to the surface uh, without the other team members uh, responding to it or doing something about it. Ultimately, it's going to be the coach that determines that. I think communication is huge, uh, and it's difficult to communicate sometimes. uh, You know, when you see kids sometimes two, two and a half hours a day, and you want to get everything you want to done in a practice, but you really got to communicate what those things are. And then, you know, ultimately, I learned this a long time from a a long time ago from a lot smarter, smarter coaches than I am. If compliance doesn't take place, best motivators at bench. You know, uh, kids like to uh, like to play. They like to uh, be able to get out on the court and perform. But if a kid's going to be, uh, what's the bus? What's the book by John Gordon? Uh, the Energy Bus. Right. Uh, you know, great book. Every coach ought to read it. Right. You know, a kid is either on the bus and, and bringing positive energy, or they're not. They're they're taking energy away, and you just can't allow that to happen. And Man, it's hard, you know, particularly for these young coaches. Uh, some of us old dogs, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, you kind of have a basic way of doing things. And, and you, I don't want to say it's my way or the highway, but here's how we're going to do it. And you either get on board or you don't. But I think it comes down to culture and communication, Jenny. That's a great answer. Coach Mercy, you want to add to that? Yeah, I agree. I, that was very, a great answer. I agree. And it's I'm a firm believer that your best teams are player-led teams as opposed to coach-led teams, and I think that culture is very, very important. And, and like I say, uh, I'm not saying ki- the players have to police bad attitudes, but I think if, if you've got players that expect and have high expectations for the program, uh, many times they'll, they'll say something to a player that has a bad attitude if you've got your, the, a great culture, and, and I think your best programs do have that great culture. Uh, I do agree with the, the comment about you know the best motivator is the bench. If it comes down to it and, and they're not going to comply, the kid, they ultimately want to play. You know, and, and again, uh, we've all sat in countless player meetings and player and player and parent meetings, you know, uh, uh, but, you know, that's all part of it, too. But I think the player led teams are your best teams. And I think along along with that, if you can build that culture. And so 
Let's say you don't have that culture. Let's say you're a first-year coach. You know, I think you've got to work, do things to build on that culture. You know, and I think you've got to be uh, set the expectations for your program. Uh, let the players and parents know what your expectations are. And you know, I usually ninety-nine percent. My experience, ninety-nine percent of the players will come around. You know, uh, and, and but I also think the expectations are very important, and and getting other players to buy in. You know, uh, your best teams are. You know, if your best player is your hardest worker and you're, you know, you get, it does things right in practice, thing like that, you got a chance to be very good. And I agree. I think that's the case too with good attitudes. If your best player has a great attitude, you're going to find that's going to filter down to the kids in your program all the way down to freshman, junior high, all the way down through. But if that's the opposite, then you've got issues and you've got to take care of those. And, and again, uh, between conferences and meeting with parents and different things like that, uh, ultimately, if, if they're not going to comply, then, then like say, the bench will send a pretty strong message. But you've got to have your best players also showing the best attitude because that's going to that's going to go all the way up and down your program. And I'm not sure where this combo is going to go, Jenny. But the problem is, uh, in my opinion, the problem is not necessarily taking care of that within the structure of the team. It's the outside influences. It's the outside distractions. I'll just flat say it. It's parents sending the wrong message to their kid. It's a, a trainer that is involved in the kid's life that's giving the wrong message. It's uh, somebody else, uh, you know, in another community or somebody else. So you'll get that message sent. It'll be heard, received, and then it can be distorted or sabotaged for outside influences. That's a real challenge right there. And that's that's difficult for, for young coaches or old coaches nowadays because it seems like that is more and more more prevalent that is so true and i you know one of the i was speaking with a coach the other day and they they were having a hard time with a player it's like i'll get somewhere i'll get somewhere with him and he's finally on board and he's finally doing things you know well and he's practicing hard then i gotta send him home <laughs> and yeah, it all blows exactly. up <laughs> and, yep, and, exactly. and, it, and, and it is and i think that's something that you, you know bad attitudes can be handled and um collective force as well everybody's got to kind of be on board and and if parents aren't bought into the system that that really does cripple coaches from helping these kids and and helping them meet their potential and i think that's something that really that i i'm glad you said that i think it's really important to understand that that if you have a parent that is not on board and and can negatively impact a player um, you are crippling them from meeting their potential yep i agree with that all right. Well, on that note, the next scenario is uh, you have you have a player that um, didn't that you, you you lost the night before, um, and they went home that night and tweeted out a bunch of stuff about the team and and teammates and um, they should have done this and they should have done that and uh, nobody passes the ball right and and so they tweeted out and vented on social media. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm gonna have Coach Mercer take okay. this one first. Yeah, and I think a lot of that uh, you can take care of that. Hopefully at the beginning of the year and with your program, uh, I know, you know, make it very clear that once it goes out on social media, it's out there for good, you know, and there's no taking it back. You may be able to erase it. You may be able to delete it, but people have seen it. And, uh, that, that has a very major, it can be a very negative thing. It can be a positive thing too, if they're doing, doing it the right way. But yeah, we, we try to communicate or always try to communicate that with our players and that, you know, honestly, there would be repercussions for actions like that. I mean, it's everything, you know, it, I think, if you're up front with your team and your and again, I'm going to throw in parents too at our meetings. We we're very upfront with our with our parents and players, our expectations, and we go over a number of things. And and you know, the social media is one of those things that you've got to make smart decisions. And if not, then there are going to be repercussions because that something like that can undermine a team quicker than anything else. You know, uh, uh, players are going to have disagreements. 
I was always one, and I think probably Coach Thomas is too, and, and I won't speak for any of the coaches, but I didn't mind when they had disagreements. You know, I don't want them necessarily having heyday fights in the in sure. the practice, but you know what? If they're competitive and it means something to them, then we, we tell them, hey, if there's something to get off your chest, do it in the right way, and social media is not the right way. And I'm not saying start a fight with a kid in the locker room or on practice, <laughs> but I'm saying, yeah. you know, Confront them. Confront them. Communicate them. Exactly. You said it. That's the word I was looking for. Communicate with them because that's going to carry them through life. And that's that's the same thing. Kid gets out of school, gets a job, doesn't like the way work goes one day, goes home and tweets or Facebook rips his boss. That's the chicken way. That's the chicken way to communicate. Guess what? You're not going to have a job very long. You're not going to be very successful. So it's just not about basketball. I think that's about about life. And I think it's very important we we communicate that with players and understand if if you're a worker and you go home and you blast, put your boss on blast, there are going to be repercussions, and basketball is not going to be any different. You know, when you're representing a team and a community and a program, and, and again, you know, coach said it about culture. I mean, even even the teams with the greatest culture are going to have issues, and this can happen as well. But I think that if you if you really outline the expectations and let players and parents know what what is expected, and if they do stray from that, that there are repercussions, you know, and let them know kind of kind of where you set with all that. I agree, Coach Thomas. To add to that. Oh, absolutely. I, unfortunately, social media isn't going away, is it? It's here. It's here. And, and, and unfortunately, these kids, uh, probably a solid generation are close to it now. That's how they communicate. You know, if, if you try to sit down and talk to a 14 or 15-year-old young person, it's almost hard to get them to look you in the eye and have a conversation. Now, uh, they can sit there and fire off texts back and forth, left and right, and seem to express themselves. And so it's not going to go away. So you're going to have to deal with it right up front. I think Todd's right. You deal with it up front, and you state what your social media policy is. Isn't, isn't that crazy, you know, that you have to have a social media policy? But you, you right. perhaps will, will have to right. and say, this is not the way we're going to do it. I'll take it one step further. I think it applies to parents, too. Agreed. And and I've heard a, a, a coach before. I don't know the the name of the exact location, but I've, the story was relayed to me that a coach had a policy that if your parents uh, are going to get on social media and negatively blast our coaches or our program, player is done. Now I'm not advocating or suggesting that be the way to go, but whatever this coach was and whatever that program, there must have been a history or something that he decided to take it one step further. Now, stuff like that, of course, your administration going to have to be on board with you and right. some of those types right. of things. That's hard. You know? yeah. That's a yeah, that's, With freedom yeah, that's of speech a, and everything that they would yeah. be throwing in your direction on that, you'd take a lot of heat to try to monitor yeah. it. But you could sure strongly encourage it and talk about how yeah. we're trying to build a brand here and a culture, and that would not yeah. help us. And, and, and a little bit of, uh, a little bit of if you could, indirect shaming, like this is not what we want, um, and, and some preventative communication right. I think would be helpful. And, and I do think, you know, the the, the problem, and, and Todd is also right. And I'll, tell, I'll give one quick example. We have several business partners in our Tri-Lakes business. If we have a disagreement or misunderstanding or a miscommunication, we're not going to go tweet about it. Right, <laughs> you right. Know, right. Yes, I hope you know, not. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go pick up the phone, call them, or if we run into each other, we're going to sit and talk and try to figure it out. Yes, you know, and end of the day, we hope we resolve it. If we don't, we'll agree to disagree and move on. That hasn't come up, by the way, with, with, with the guy <laughs> we deal with. But but it's just, that's how it works in the real world. Right. And we are teaching them to be young people 
turning into productive young adults that can survive and live in this real world. So they need to know that. That's not the way you do it. Well, and, and another thing I think is really important to, is the overwhelming majority get it. I mean, the overwhelming, we wouldn't even be talking oh, yes. about this scenario if it wasn't a rare occasion. And so, right. uh, you know, a little, uh, a little props to the ones that do promote and that are positive and encouraging and they use social media the correct way to build your brand and to be positive, encouraging and help that culture. So thank you to all of them for sure. That is uh, yes. a definite truth. All right, well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we'll continue with uh, some of these scenarios, and we will also continue to talk a little bit about the Tri-Lake Shootout that is happening this weekend, Saturday, at Nixa High School. All right, we'll take a quick break. We want to thank also Greg and Melinda Burnett for sponsoring this segment as they support local and thoughtful radio. I got Coach Todd Mercer. I got Coach Kent Thomas. I'm Jenny Hopkins. We'll be back here on Coach's Perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins. I have Todd Mercer and Kent Thomas here. And this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar. They know cars. They know trucks. They know SUVs. They know service. And they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Kelly Grant, Shane Rainey, they will take care of you. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. All right, we are talking um, some ethical scenarios here with our, our two veteran coaches. We are also promoting this event that is um, exciting. I mean, if you like high school basketball, Saturday is the place you need to be at Nixa High School. Um, give us a little bit more rundown of where they can get the schedule and the tickets. Coach Absolutely. The schedule can be found at www.trilakeshootout.com. Admission is $4 for adults, $2 for students, uh, grades 1 through 12. I'll just go through the games real quick again, if I could, if somebody just joined us. At 2.30, we've got a great girls game between Blue Eye and Tipton. At 4 o'clock, a boys game between Blair Oaks and Ozark. At 5.30, Nixa versus Father Tolton. That's a boys game as well. And at 7, we have a boys game, Catholic versus Fulton. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I think six of the eight teams are state ranked, and I think the the two that aren't should be uh, because they're very good programs. And uh, the combined record between the two teams that aren't ranked are 13-3 and three and uh, have great seasons. So we're really looking forward to a great day of basketball and hope people can come out and join us that day going to be a great day of high school basketball that's for sure thank you for putting on that event all right so let's talk a little bit more about some of these situations these um i guess moral dilemmas um and you know we we have one that's been also very popular i've got a lot of comments on this going both ways surprisingly uh i think it's a pretty clear-cut situation but so you have you have an instructor in the classroom that goes to goes to the office and they pull the coach in that says listen, um, this kid sassed me and was rude to me in class, and I demand that he not play today. He should not participate tonight because of his behavior in the class. And the teacher, this is one of your coworkers. Um, after you do a little bit of investigating, trying to figure out what is going on, you find out that, he, that, this, that they had a teammate in that class. The teammate says, this teacher egged it on. And um, even though you know, he shouldn't have responded like that, he did. Um, what, what do you do? Do you play that kid that night? Do you find another consequence? I'm going to put Coach Thomas on the hot seat first. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, and, and, you know, I think schools have 
some policies in place for a reason. This is one that I'd probably lean on some policy. Uh, if there was a discipline that was handed out from the office for this particular incident, then, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that. You know, some schools have different policies. Uh, shoot. I'm, I'm remembering one time my own son, senior in high school, uh, had a cell phone violation, had I had ISS that day. And they had a policy that said, if you're an ISS that day of the game, you can't play. That son of a gun cost me a W. I tell him that all the time. <laughs> and uh, he, he was averaging about 23 points a game that year. And, and But anyway, uh, you know, I think you lean on some policy there. I don't like the fact that uh, a teacher is making a demand on a particular coach for something. I want accountability for my players. I want them to hold themselves to a higher standard uh, regardless and if it's a situation where the office has said this has been happening frequently or this is a repeat offense and they've doled out some discipline, then we would handle that. And, and I'll be honest, this may be not the answer you're looking for. I'm probably going to treat that on a case-by-case basis and also uh, implement whatever school policy is. I think that's a, a great answer because it, it is important to treat it case-by-case case because – you weren't in the class. It's all this is all secondhand, and so I think that's right. uh, that's important. And to be able to lean on that policy is very helpful. There's a lot of consequences that you can give besides not playing in the game, too. Um, there, you know, there can be a variety of consequences where there is a statement made and you hold him accountable for his behavior. Exactly. By not just not benching him. There's other ways. Coach Mercer, anything right. to add? Yeah, I agree 100 percent what he said. I, I like the idea about the policy. I also think building relationships with other teachers helps in that manner. You know. uh, We've always coaches had teachers come to us and say, "Hey, I need some help with so and so because they're acting up." Well, then we will take care of that usually, or ninety nine percent, or coaches will. So you've got that those relationships, and if the teachers know that you're going to support them, but at the same time, having them demand something of our program, I, I I don't like because that would be just like us demanding that they do something a certain way or teach a certain way or give us a student this or that or different. You know, well, I've never in 30 some years, I've never went to a teacher and say, Hey, this kid needs more time to get something done when it's late. We've never done that because we want to hold our kids accountable, uh, but I also exactly. think that you can build those relationships. But I, I agree with the policy. And I also agree with you that, you know, it is case by case. Uh, there's, uh, you know, teachers are humans too, you know? So, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. I'm not putting it on teachers at all. I like to say 90, probably 90% or more of the time it is on the players. You know, but they need to know, like, say they can't act that way. But, yeah, being having someone place a demand on our program, I, you know, I'm just not a big fan of that either. But I also like the idea of the policy, following through the school policy. You know, if, if the if there is discipline by the school, then guess what? That's pretty cut and dry if, if that's outlined in policy. You know, yes, and that, I agree. That helps, and I think it also helps players know where they stand and parents and everything. Well, I'm now going to tell you the rest of the scenario. <laughs> this is actually a football example. This is a football example, and it was in Texas where high school football is serious. Right. And that teacher's uh, son was on the opposing team that night. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that, um, you know, definitely he, he did play that night, um, and they won. That night, and the, the teacher was actually, you know, it was discussed that that was probably not, you know, the best scenario. Right. But he also was held accountable. Um, right. he, he did some extra Good. conditioning, did some extra 
Um, you know, there were some other things that he did. So there was some accountability because he still shouldn't have acted like that. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, part that, I didn't want to tell you that beforehand. Right, that that's changed. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> all right, the next one. So, you know, you're, you play a team, you, you get beat by 30, all right? You're, you're, kind of, you're kind of beat down. The next day, you get a call from the school that beat you, and they are self-reporting to you. Uh, they're letting you know that they accidentally had a player that played uh, seven quarters. And so they want to know what you'd like to do about that. And they apologize. It was an oversight. Um, I mean, my first reaction is, how, how did my assistant not catch that? Right, exactly, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But, okay, let's say, the, you know, they didn't. Right. They have, um, you know, they're self-reporting. They beat you by 30. What, what do you do? I, you know, in that situation, as crazy as it sounds, I think that's probably a case-by-case scenario, too, as well as uh, if we get beat by 30 and you've got a kid that's played two, you know, four quarters of JV and two, two quarters of RC or one, you know, or three quarters, I guess, and mop-up duty or only scored five or six points, I honestly probably just going to go, hey, you know what, it happened, uh, we're just going to move on. Now, if, if that player scores 30 points, and as, as Jenny said, if they score 30 points, why are they playing JV anyhow? You know, so that's a great, good, valid point. I think it's case by case. You know, you've got you've to stand up for your kids and your program, I mean, number one, and be fair to them. I mean, you're, you're, you're coaching at a certain school for a reason, and, and, you know, those are the players you're representing. But yeah, if you get beat thirty or forty, and a kid had two games or two points and played one extra quarter, I'm going to leave that up to the individual school to self-report that if they if they want to. And I'm not going to pressure them to do that. I just you know it, it's again you know uh, we're all humans again. I, I know that's the second time I've said that. And mistakes are made, and you know and there are consequences consequences excuse me for those mistakes. But I do think everything varies in that situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip that a little bit on Todd, and I'm gonna flip it this way. If that was your team, if that was my team that had a player play seven quarters, all right, now I'm in a situation where uh, am I going to walk the walk or just talk the talk? If I'm if I'm talking to my players and, and I'm representing myself in a way that we're going to do what's right, well, what is right? We had a player that played too many quarters. I'm going to make that phone call to the school, but I'm simply going to make the phone call a little bit different. I'm going to say to them, we are self-reporting this, to, to in this case, in the state of Missouri, to Misha, and uh, we're going to let them, them handle that. And if they take the win away from us, so be it. But I'm just making a phone call to let you know. And uh, uh, And so if you look at it from that perspective, what would you want done to you? And I think that's the way it should be handled. Right, I agree with that. I think that's that's a great way to uh, uh, a great way to look at that because, like I say, you're wanting pro- programs to do things what's right and your kids what's right, and, and yeah. by doing that, I think that's very important. Well, in this scenario, the coach wanted the win, said, "Aha, we want that win." Which right. I don't. I, in my opinion, that's not how I want to do how I want to win. You know, I mean, that's not how I would want it in the in the win column. But but she wanted the win. The athletic director stepped in and said, "No, they were the better team." They would have beat you even without her, or or she did not contribute um, that much. And and he 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 said to let it go and and advise them to do so. So you know that that is something as well. I think that um, you know you, sometimes you have a you have an athletic director too to kind of lean on as well. That's where you go back to okay and bounce things off of 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 your support. System. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I don't think it's necessarily about wanting to win or not wanting to win. And I think that's maybe where a coach might have lost sight of it. Uh, and who knows the situation? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a rival school or right. something. You've yeah. never beaten them. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, try to focus on doing what's right 
And at the end of the day, where the chips fall, they fall. I agree with you. Uh, we also want to thank Craig Lehman for sponsoring this uh, segment with Shelter Insurance and West Logging. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. Uh, before we go, I want to give one more shout-out here to the Tri-Lakes shootout that is going to be at Nixa High School this Saturday. Uh, you can get the schedule at trilakes.com, and you can find out the information there. But I think this is going to be a, a, a tremendous event. we got time for one more, if you guys are if you guys can give me yeah, a quick answer absolutely. on this one. Um, the athletic director comes to you right before the district playoffs and tells you that they just found out your leading scorer is ineligible because he does not live in your district. Uh, the AD says, I'm going to leave it to you because not very many people know about this. He's played all season. If you want to play him... Go right ahead, but he is in the wrong district. Right, right. So, uh, I think that's pretty cut and dry. I, hopefully, I would never work for an AD that would put yeah, you, put you in that position. Shame on that be AD. Quite, be quite honest yeah. with you, because doing what's yeah. right, I think at the end of the day is the most important thing. So, you know, if that's the case, I, I mean, I don't think they're playing. Quite honestly, I, I just don't think, like I say, because that's sending a message to that player and the rest of your team. You know, that if you can get away with something, get away with it, and that's that'll that'll haunt them for the rest of their lives. Because I think kids. You learn a lot of valuable lessons there, but like I say, hopefully AD wouldn't put a person in that position, but I'm sure it's happened in the past. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of like the score thing, the self-reporting thing. I think you've got to do the right thing there, in my opinion. Anything to add? Yeah, I think, I think that was pretty cut and dry. I had a game like that one time. I was at Lambeth University playing Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. They were our crosstown rival. We played the game in the interim session between the fall and the spring session, and, and it was a player we played that we didn't know at the time was ineligible. Some paperwork caught up to us. This was mid-late 90s, so everything wasn't, you know, sometimes you had to wait on stuff. We won the game. And uh, like a day and a half later, we we find out that uh, this kid was not eligible, and uh, we had to forfeit the win back to him. And, you know, but in the scenario you presented, I think it's cut and dry. You can't play that kid, and uh, that's just the way it is. I agree. Well, Coach Thomas, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We oh. really do appreciate it. Yeah, Jenny, I appreciate the opportunity. Maybe we'll see you this weekend. Who knows? That'd be wonderful. I'm excited about this event coming up. And Coach Mercer, it's always a pleasure to. We go way back. Yes, We've we known do. each other a long time. Long time, yeah. Sure, yep. do appreciate yep. um, everything that you do to grow the game of basketball. You and Coach Thomas both. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity as well. Well, we're going to move into our post game talk and our post game. Post Game Talk is sponsored by Story Construction. High quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story.com, S-T-O-R-E-E.com. Next week, we're going to have Don Luzader here talking about the blue and gold. We're going to have Mike Percival and Josh Scott here talking about the pink and white. I mean, and we have a lot. And we've got coming up next month, Arizona women's basketball coach Ada Barnes is going to be joining us. So we have a lot of great things coming up with us. I want to wish uh, everybody a happy holiday season as we continue through this. And I want to thank everyone for all of the communication. I've gotten more comments on this series, I think, than any series that we've done. There's a lot of great topics that have um, generated from this conversation. And so I appreciate everybody in this uh, ethics in sports series. So now for our post-game talk. I've really enjoyed this series, and I want to thank all the coaches, athletic directors, and officials that were brave enough to participate. There are times that you must make difficult decisions. There are times when you must look at all different angles and weigh out the options before making a decision. There are other times that you must use your instincts and your character to make a decision in the moment. Either direction, we all strive to do the right thing and make the right decision. I appreciate the decision-making process that all of my guests on this series have gone through in order to make this happen. 
that's who we want leading our teams. That's who we want leading our programs. That's who we want leading our athletes. I challenge you each and every day in your daily life to be mindful and thoughtful in your decisions. That is what is important, and that is the leadership that you want to be remembered for. So take your time, use your instincts, use your morals and your values and your beliefs to guide you and make the best decisions possible to always try and find a way to make it right. That is how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you, as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.